Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird Hello, groomers. Welcome to episode 314 of the Groom Pod, recorded on October 24th, 2021, in Snohomish, Washington, by me. Yes, normally you'd be hearing Barbara Bird right now, but instead it's me. I'm doing a solo pod because she is doing a continuing education this week on the Groom Pod. I'm going to talk a little bit about moving from a shop to mobile who actually is a mobile groomer, and choosing your equipment for longevity. What's new this week is brought to you by Best Shot Pet. Room Pack. Let me tell you about the newest thing from Best Shot's Ultramax Pro line. I'm seriously stoked about these products. First up is Ultramax Hair Hold Spray. It's a mindfully created aerosol-free styling spray. It's flexible and can be layered on for a stronger hold. It's quick drying and has the Ultramax Delicate Sweet Pea Fragrance. Next up is my favorite new product in a long time. It's called the Max and I love it to the max. It's a fragrance-free ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It's so concentrated that one small bottle makes 10 quarts. It reduces drying time, extends manageability, and aids you in achieving optimal coat performance. Mats and tangles brush away more easily, and it turns your recirculator into a de-shedding machine. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. It's amazing. Check it all out at ultramaxpro.com and see why Barbara and I are so excited. That's ultramaxpro.com. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor and order some Max and Hair Hold Spray today. For over 30 years, Best Shot has been making masterpieces out of nightmares in record time. Made from the best stuff on earth. The pets just keep on coming. The new people just come out of the woodwork right now. I don't know what's going on. After I told everyone that I wasn't going to take any more new pets, I have taken two Westies, a standard poodle, a doodle, a Bichon, and an American Eskimo. But I have vowed that I will get a hold of this. There's nobody to blame but myself. All of these people are people who have been in my client base for years but have lost their pets. Gosh, most of them well over three or four years ago and now they've all gotten new pets and I do want to see them and I want them in my client base and I'll charge them appropriately but golly this bleeding has to stop but that's all that really went on with me this week of course Barbara's not here so we don't know what went on with her other than it was a fairly stressful week for her as usual I thought maybe I would tell you guys how I started grooming So I came from the vet industry. I was a kind of jack of all trades, receptionist, animal assistant, hospital manager, helper of all things, and general workaholic. And one day I took 
the groomer that was working at the pet hospital to cash her paycheck. She was kind of a biker-looking chick, and she smoked cigarettes, and the dogs always smelled a little bit when they went home. But I liked her. She was really nice. She was from California. And I took her in there, and she was leaving like at 2.30 or 3 in the afternoon every single day, whereas I was staying from open to close, 7 in the morning to 5 at night. And I was constantly dealing with the sickest pets because those are the pets you see the most often. So I was attached to them. They would pass away. I couldn't even tell the owners because the doctor wasn't in yet. It was a difficult thing to be in that position. And I take this girl to cash her paycheck, and it's like almost twice what mine was. And she was working less hours. And she was what appeared to be playing with the pets all day and making them look pretty and dealing with healthy pets over and over and over again instead of just until they die. So I asked her if she would teach me how to groom and she said yes absolutely and I cleared it with the pet hospital and then two weeks later she got fired. So that (laughs) kind of ended my thoughts on that. I was sad but the new girl who came in she was really nice. She was a local girl. She had been grooming for a long time and she was really fast and really good. And so I came at her the same way I did the other girl. And I said, hey, I really want to learn how to groom. Can you teach me if I come in on my days off? And she said, yes. So I started to do that. And then the hospital got sold. And it was sold to a corporation. And in the handbook in the corporation, it said, no competing businesses at home. Well, I was doing a lot of in-home grooming to practice my skills pretty much for free, but nonetheless, it was still a conflicting interest. So I let the manager of the corporation know that I was grooming at home and that I was intending on becoming a groomer. And a couple weeks later, they offered me a wonderful paid training position. And I trained with a girl who went to the Nash Academy and was so, so very talented. I mean, artistically talented in ways that I can't even imagine being because I'm much more analytical than artistic. And she taught me everything she learned. She shared all of her knowledge from the Nash program with me, and I learned how to groom. Then I worked for that corporation for a couple years while I was courted by a really nice guy who had a practice closer to where I lived. And he kept asking me to come groom his special client's dog. So I did that after work, got to be friends with him. He would stand back there and talk to me while I was working. He offered me the deal I couldn't resist. He matched all my benefits with the corporation, plus gave me all the freedom I wanted and It was too good to resist. So I gave a year's notice at the corporation. And yeah, a year's notice. I know it may have been a little long, but I actually trained my replacement while I was there, which was fun. I liked teaching. Found that out. And I went up to this guy's vet hospital. And I worked happily for him for six and a half years until his wife came in and fired me one Saturday afternoon. Just randomly perceiving that there was something going on with us even though there wasn't Um, and I found myself out of a job and so I went to mobile and I've never looked back I've done really well at mobile I always thought I would go mobile at some point in time I did not realize I was going to be forced out the door I probably would still be at the vet hospital because I don't like change so it's a good thing that I got shooed out the door we're still friends he's still my vet I still talk to his wife. Our relationship is pretty good. And I send all my clients there. 
because he's a really fantastic vet. But that's how I got into grooming. It came through the veterinary industry. And as a vet groomer, I groomed a lot of the special needs and aggressive dogs, and I learned handling skills. And really, I'm not artistic, but I have definitely got a gift of handling. And I can read the body language real well and try to sort out why certain dogs have difficulty with the grooming process. So I feel good about that. That's kind of my niche. And uh, this podcast is probably not going to be as long as the regular one, just because I'm doing it by myself. But I'm going to give it my best effort. And it's late. The power went out at my house, so I wasn't able to do this earlier. So it's 930 at night, which is pretty close to when I go to bed. And I'm starting this pod. And I'm, you know, not practiced very well with doing them by myself. Needless to say, we're going to move on to our first appointment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Everybody's hands are shaped differently. Mine certainly are. It can be hard to find the perfect shape, but there is a solution. Evolution shears are fully customizable with fixed ring, single, or double swivels. I like the double swivels best. They are all designed to prevent the repetitive stress injuries that occur as we groom. Evolution uses high-quality materials, and the shears come in curves, straights, thinners, and chunkers. There's a small learning curve, but the staff at Evolution will guide you through. You can put your hands on a pair of Evolution shears at most grooming shows, but if you're not going to a show, go online to evolutionshears.com or call them at 877-560-3057 and buy yourself a pair. Be sure to ask for Chris. She's the cat's pajamas. Ron and Abby are super cool too. But wait, mention the Groom Pod when you place your order or put Groom Pod in the coupon code on the Evolution website and you'll receive $10 off each pair of shears. How cool is that? Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Tips for going from a shop to mobile. So you finally made the decision to go mobile, but now what? Are you starting from scratch with all new people, or are you taking your people with you? What about pricing? So many changes. So here's some thoughts I got because there's a local girl who is going mobile, and I had a conversation with her on text and thought, well, this is a good subject. Maybe I'll share it with the rest of you guys. So here we go. First and foremost, do a ride along with someone. Make sure mobile grooming really is for you. Hopefully you've done that at this point. You've done a ride along. You've thoughtfully planned out your business, uh, purchased a vehicle, or if you're doing in-home grooming, you've got all your equipment ready and you're ready to go out and you're starting your scheduling process. If you're taking your people with you, then you need to start to prepare them for the differences between mobile and shop. This is the way to also eliminate some of the people because as a mobile groomer, you can't do nearly as many families as you can in a shop. You don't have the way to rotate through as many dogs or cats, and it just is very limiting in that respect. And I didn't realize that at first. I had 435 people, families, when I left the vet hospital. And I have about 125 now, and that's more than I should have. I could probably do with about 100. So I need to lose about 25, and yet I still just keep adding people. I don't know what's wrong with me. I need my head examined. Anyway, use this as a way to eliminate people. You need to 
explain to them the inexact timing of mobile grooming. Sometimes it takes longer because of the traffic. Sometimes it's because of a previous dog. Sometimes it's an equipment breakdown. Sometimes it's just the gods. The gods get in your way and you can't get to the appointment on time or it takes you longer to finish the dog. There's so many different variables that are not part of shop grooming. So you need to let them know that and kind of get a read on whether people will accept that or whether it's going to be a problem at some point in time. You always have to explain too, there's a convenience of being at home. But do that when you let them know how much more expensive it's going to be as a mobile groomer. You need to add on a lot more expenses relating to your vehicle than you do necessarily at a shop. A lot of that stuff is rolled into renting a place or owning a place. Um, You don't have the road service, that kind of thing. Also, your time, you know, you need to be paid for your time. Some of that is driving time. There's limited service availability. For instance, you can't go everywhere, and a lot of people really limit their service area and make more money that way. I, on the other hand, have a tendency to have a widespread service area because I like my people, and I stick with them even though some of them move a little bit out of the area. So that's my own fault again, but I choose that so I don't complain about it. There's also weight limits and less availability of appointments overall just because you're mobile now. If you're leaving a job, make sure that you understand how the owner of that job, the person who employs you, wants you to let people know that you're leaving. You want to keep things happy because that person then could end up referring mobile grooming clients to you that will be better served than in their shop. So you want to keep happy relations. You want to have no bridges burn and you want to be able to, you know, continue to support each other even though you may be leaving their business. I'm a big fan of loyalty. I think that the people who you see once a month or even more often than that are your bread and butter people, and you need to honor that, especially when moving from shop to mobile. There is quite a bit of price difference, and what I chose to do, and this doesn't work for everyone, but I chose to reward the people that came with me by not taking them up to full mobile price right away. It took me a couple years to get them up to where their pricing should be. Luckily, I could afford to do that because I have very little expenses. You may not be able to do that. But that's one way I rewarded those people who supported me before I went mobile. And they have continued to support me to this day and have been really good clients overall. And I really appreciate them. My horseshoer, who was my business advisor for many years, because they kind of work the same as we do. They go to the place, they do their job, they're one person. He said that you really need to honor the people that pay your bills. And I totally agree with that. These people pay my bills. And by golly, I don't want them to get a $20, $30, $40 price increase in one year because I decided to go mobile, especially if I want to keep them on. So I did it that way. I think it's better to have a predictable client base and then slowly raise your prices over time if you're able to do that. They already like you after all, and they want you to succeed. So invite them into the inner fold and let them know what's going on. Give yourself an open-ended appointment time especially for the first couple years of mobile. I like to say the appointment's at 2 o'clock. I won't be there before 2 o'clock, but I will be there sometime after 2 o'clock. So if you're going to do anything, plan to do it in the morning and then just plan to be home in the afternoon after 2. That gives me the opportunity to be late. It gives them 
the ability to let me be late. And I'm late often because I never shut up. That's why I have a podcast. (laughs) Uh, I give them this open-ended appointment, which people are used to in the service industry. When the cable guy comes, he tells you, I'll be there sometime between two and five. And you just have to accept that. If I'm going to be more than an hour late, I'll generally call or send a text. But for the most part, people don't start to worry until an hour after my set appointment time. What they really want is communication. So if you're going to be late, just consider sending a text message. It only takes a second and it makes it a little better when you show up. One of the things that I learned early from my horseshoer is that if you're late and if it's early in the day, for instance, if something happens at your first appointment and you're already like 45 minutes or an hour late to your second appointment, Sometimes it's a better choice to cancel the second appointment and be on time for the third, fourth, and fifth appointment rather than running late for everybody's appointment. You kind of have to look at your schedule and see what's available, but in general, making one person angry and keeping the rest of your schedule on time is a really workable solution for when you are late. Also, know your people. Know who can tolerate you being late and who can't. These are important things in mobile grooming because sometimes traffic happens or, or poop happens or people are late or whatever. Anyway, pricing is another thing that's pretty different than in a shop. I price by the hour, but I don't tell the client I'm pricing by the hour. With the exception of the very first quote when they call me to find out how much it is, I don't tell them an hourly price, but I give them my minimum charge. I say it's $100 or more for me to come and groom your pet. And that gives you 90 minutes. And I don't break it down because once you start breaking it down, I find that people then start to try to negotiate with you. And they especially go for the service charge. Like if you do a service charge, so the grooming is $65 and there's a $20 service charge, all of a sudden they're trying to get their kids' dogs and their neighbors' dogs over to break down that service charge and get that multiple pet discount. I personally will only negotiate up. So if you ask me, hey, can I get it for $5 cheaper? I'll counter that offer with a $5 more than I quoted you previously. And it pretty much ends the negotiation very fast. As you're figuring out your pricing, especially when you start out, You don't really have the ability to know what it's going to cost you to pull up to the door. But after you've been in there for like six months, you need to do your math and figure out what it actually costs you to go to a house and do a groom so that you're priced appropriately. But that is very difficult at the beginning. So I suggest to you make friends with the other mobiles and find out what they charge because they hopefully have already done the math and you'll see that they're all within a certain range and you can start there. And then when you get enough numbers, when you've got enough invoices, when you've done enough dogs, you can do your math, which means adding up all your expenses adding up how much money you've brought in and then dividing it by the amount of invoices or dogs you've done to come up with a per dog cost. That way you can figure out your math. That's one way to do it. There are other ways to do it. I like that. It's pretty simple. Uh, That's about it. I can't think of anything else I wanted to say about going from shop to mobile except for just to reiterate that You should definitely give it a try. Go out with a mobile groomer, make a friend, and see if it's for you. Because it's not for everybody. It's not for every client. And it's not for every groomer. But if it is for you, it's so, so wonderful. 
Okay, let's take a break. We'll be right back. We love our sponsors, like Show Season. Let me tell you about my favorite Show Season products. True Tearless is a hypoallergenic, scent-free shampoo that really cleans and never, ever leaves a fragrance. Pair it with the hypo conditioner and you have a winning, smell-free combination. Results Rinse is an after-bath rinse that lightly conditions and protects without adding any weight to scissored coats. It aids in drying time and it helps with brush-outs, too. Show Season carries Barbara's Essential Oil Blends and Mellow Pet Shampoo, Blueberry Products, Delicious Colognes, Hemp Products, a Feline Line, Spa and Natural Options, and so much more. You can find Show Season animal products at all shows and through lots of distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. And you can check out all their products at their website, thebestpetshampoo.com, or call 678-382-0218. Make every season a show season. Up in the morning and out to school. The teacher is teaching the golden rule. Groomers, take your seats. School is about to begin. What is a mobile groomer? A mobile groomer is someone who goes to someone's house or work and performs the mobile grooming service. I've heard that there have been house call groomers who have been dissed by mobile groomers. House call groomers are mobile groomers. They just don't have a vehicle. They don't have a rig like we do. They have to carry all their stuff into the house, but they are still mobile groomers. And furthermore, all of us mobile groomers are co-workers in a way. I've said it before, I'm just kind of saying it again. We need to support each other. We need to share with each other. We need to show each other our rigs. We need to pass each other grooming back and forth as our clients move through the neighborhoods. And we need to be kind. Doesn't matter whether you're a house call groomer or whether you've got the biggest, most expensive van or whether you've got a homemade trailer like mine. We're all out there doing the same thing. We may not be employed by the same company. A lot of us are just employed by ourselves, but we're all in this together. There's plenty of animals. There's no reason to talk down to house call groomers ever. They are harder working people than you would ever know. Hauling their stuff in and out, having to groom in a house while somebody's watching you, when the dog is distracted, when you have to clean up the hair in the kitchen or the bathroom or you have to groom around the toilet. It's tough. Plus, sometimes there's stairs, sometimes there's nosy people. It is a challenge. Those guys deserve respect. And they are every bit mobile groomers, just like we are mobile groomers. All right, I'm getting off my soapbox. The Absorber Towel from DogLoversTowel.com is changing my world, and I think you should know about it. The Absorber feels like a magic eraser, and a chamois had a baby, but you use it like a sponge. Get it wet, blot off the pet, squeeze the water down the drain, and repeat. It's like magic. Dogs dry more quickly because they start out drier. Saves laundry costs because I'm not washing any more terry cloth towels. Saves space, too, especially for mobile and house call groomers. Just soak them in vinegar and water between pets. To clean the absorber, toss it in the wash and let it air dry. 
then wet it when you're ready to use it again. I cut them in half to make them easier to wring out. You can find the absorber towel at dogloverstowel.com. And if you use GroomPod as the coupon code when you place your first order, you will get 10% off. Let's see what's happening at the grooming table. Our jobs revolve around the equipment we use. There are a lot of choices out there for equipment, but what makes that equipment last? I'll tell you because we've been repairing dryers and clippers and clipper vacs here at my house for a couple years now. And it turns out my husband does not love doing every single type of equipment. And the reason is accessibility to parts, accessibility to the information of how to repair. Always been a problem to find good, trustworthy people who can fix grooming equipment. You can always go to the cleaner, the vacuum cleaner people, but they may or may not be skilled in these other types of dryers and things like that. It's important to choose equipment that will last, but how can you tell if something you buy is going to be that piece of equipment that lasts for 10 years? There are lots of different choices, but what will indicate to you that it's gonna last a long time? And as a person who repairs dryers and a person who's married to someone who repairs dryers, the ability to repair the item is key to whether it will last for a long time. And getting parts and finding the information you need to repair something and or having an experienced repair person close by are all things that make a big difference in the choices that we make for our equipment. And I just wanna suggest some things that you might consider. First of all, go with known companies. Don't randomly go on Amazon and pick an odd named clipper to go with because the likelihood is it's a knockoff and it's not gonna last. It may work for a little while and it might do some of what you need it to do, but it's probably not gonna be the workhorse that you're looking for. There is a group on Facebook, which I'll link to in our Facebook discussion group, facebook.com slash group slash the group pod, that is run by sharpeners and repair people. And if you use the search function at the top of that Facebook group, I think it's called Grooming Equipment Maintenance. I will, like I said, link it to the Facebook group. If you use the search function, you can find answers to pretty much any question you would have about equipment or scissors or blades or functionality of particular companies. All of that is all available on this wonderful, wonderful Groomers Equipment Maintenance Facebook group. Just talking specifically about a couple things that we use a lot, and one of those is dryers. Dryers are expensive. The other one is clippers. So we'll start with dryers here. These particular dryers are easier to repair because they have the parts available and the people answer the phone and they will call you back. Electric Cleaner Company is at the top of my list because the parts for their products are readily available and they are, though not the easiest to work on, the information is out there to help you work on them and they are built to last in the USA and really well constructed. Same story with the Hanvi products and the Romani products. They both make dryers. They are really good, well constructed and built for accessibility. 
we're a bunch of women in this industry. There's dudes too, but most of us are girls. And it is not something that we take to going in and tearing apart our equipment and fixing it. Some of us do, but for the most part, we're not really good at that. But Romani and Hanvi both make their products with accessibility in mind. Also, we found that Double K has pretty good product availability and schematics and their products last as long as you don't drop them on the floor. Surprisingly, if you wanted to go with something a little bit less expensive, the X-Power line, all of their parts are available. They answer the phone really well. They help you fix stuff. And the stuff is last. It lasts. If you can replace anything in the product, like the motor or the switches or the cord, if all that's available, then you don't need to go buying new dryers. You just fix your dryer. These dryers, maybe not so much. And that is like Shernbow. Shernbow dryers are hard to fix, and when you get in there and start to take things apart, it's obvious they're not meant to be replaced. The clips will break off or the wires bust. It's just not as easy to get to. I don't know as much about Flying Pig, but looking at their price point and what is available online, I would say they probably aren't any better than the Shernbow ones. I kind of put these in the disposable dryer area like if you need a dryer and it needs to be light and not use a lot of power one of those two brands of dryers will work for you eventually it's going to break and it's not going to be fixable or it will be difficult to get it fixed also a company that used to be really good not so good anymore is a demco their parts are difficult to get and you don't get any help with them and then if they send you the wrong part they want to charge you shipping and restocking to get it back and they just are not very friendly to work with. So moving on to clippers. Once again, stick with known brands. There's a lot of knockoffs on the internet available and just don't do it. They're not gonna last for you. But if you stick with the main brands, you'll be fine. Do a little research once again by searching Facebook and all of the clippers are good. All of the parts are available. Most of the parts are available. Sorry, I take that back. Uh, as long as you do your research. But I specifically want to talk about Andis Clippers and the five-speed Excel Clippers. They have a known issue with the cords, but there is a super easy fix. First of all, you can buy a cord. As a matter of fact, with these five-speed Andis Excel Clippers, and I don't work for them and they don't sponsor the show, but every single part of that clipper is replaceable. As long as you have the clipper and some of it is working, it's pretty easy to figure out what is broken and what is working all of the parts are easy to fix even i can fix them you can fix them if you wanted to any sharpener can fix it for you and it's very easy to get the parts even though the cord seems to be a problem you just replace the cord and i will show you with a video the little fix that i have with a cable tie that keeps the cord from breaking which is what happens to them now i'll say if you just change your drive and your hinge regularly, and then when you need to, the clipper cord or the switch will go. Occasionally the motor will go, everything's available, everything's easy to switch out. Those cl clippers will last you forever. But that is not the case with the Andis cordless clippers. They are not good with their cordless clippers. They always have issues and they're still working on it. 
So I think that's going to do it. I did a solo pod. It's like the second one I've ever done. I know it's short, but I am totally willing to call it a day. I'll put this up. It'll be basically unedited. And then next week, I think we'll have a regular show. Then the week after that, I am going to Disneyland for one day and it happens to be Sunday so maybe Barbara will do a solo pod on her own which would be cool I could dig that or we might have another hiatus but like I said before there's 313 other episodes up for you guys to listen to so I'm sure you can find something to do while you wait for me to get back from vacation and then we'll be back to our regularly scheduled holidays woohoo anyway thanks for being here with me all by myself and thanks for listening to the podcast. Remember to support our sponsors. Visit our new, our website. If you'd like to, tip us with the donation button. Uh, and once again, happy grooming. See you next week on The Groom Pod. Bye-bye now.